You're listening to a message from Highway Church entitled Rags to Riches, part six of six. Enjoy. God, you're so good. Well, let's get into the Word. We treasure the Word of God. It changes our lives. Don't let anything keep you back from learning the Bible. Despite all the criticisms and misunderstandings, understandings, it is the Word of God. It is Spirit-inspired, Spirit-filled, infallible. And we want to get it in our hearts and bring it to life through faith in our lives. All right? Hallelujah. Let's pray. Father, we love you so much this morning. We're here because of you. And we, we treasure this time together with you, Holy Spirit. We thank you for uh, showing yourself to us, for revealing Jesus more to us. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for opening our eyes wider, that we would go forward in all that you are in our lives. We thank you for your presence manifest in this place, for healings and deliverances, for freedom unlimited in this place. Thank you for your provision abounding in our lives. Thank you for speaking to us this morning, Holy Spirit, through your word. We're, we're listening to you. We open our ears, we open our eyes, and we focus on you. We're not listening to a man this morning, we're listening to you. By your spirit, we ask you to speak and mold and shape us and lead us forward in you. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we're going to conclude today our series entitled Rags to Riches. So this is part six of six. And we've been talking about prosperity. And our foundational text has been Matthew chapter 6, verse 21. And Jesus said, for where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. So we know from Jesus that our heart will follow after whatever it is that we've chosen to treasure. Well, at Highway Church, we've made a very deliberate decision to treasure God above everything that we have and everyone that we know. And because we treasure God more than anything and more than anyone, we treasure what He treasures. And we saw in Psalm 138, verse 2, that God treasures His Word above everything else. And the reason that he treasures his word is because relationship comes through his word, and that's what he desires. So we've been looking at the word, and we found that God has a financial plan for our lives. And it's not based on what you can do. It's based on what Christ has done. It's supernatural. And we saw that Israel went from rags to riches in a day by trusting in Him and following His direction for their lives. And we saw that God has installed uh, spiritual laws into the earth for our benefit, such as seed time and harvest, sowing and reaping. And we saw that tithing is not born of the law. So important to understand that. We saw Abram did it, who became Abraham hundreds of years before there was ever any Ten Commandments, ever any Levitical priesthood. He did it strictly out of relationship, born out of love and gratitude and faith. We saw his grandson Jacob doing the same thing, bringing unto God a tenth of all that he had, giving their first and their best, not because there was a law 
telling them to do it. There was no law. There was no priesthood, no Levitical priesthood. There was a response that they had to, to what God had done in their lives, to who he is. And we have that same response. So love, we know, is expressed through giving. And it's, it's good, we said this last week, that finances and relationship go together. If there is a marriage when the husband and wife are not open in sharing their finances, guarantee you there's a lack of intimacy in that marriage. They're missing out on what marriage could be. So I don't have any secrets from Jennifer. She knows everything that's going on financially. It's an open book, right? That she can take whatever she wants out of any account, right? We, we communicate. We have a budget together. We do that because we're one. So we don't want any secrets from God. I mean, there really aren't any anyway. <laughs> but in other words, we don't want to close any part of our life to Him. Right. We want our life to be wide open yes. to the Holy Spirit. Yes. That includes our finances. And tithing and giving opens that door. It's an act of faith, right? Like Abel, giving God your first. That's an act of faith that's out of relationship, and it opens that door for God to do what he wants to do, which is to prosper us in our lives. So let's bring this thing to a close, all right? For, and we'll move on next week. I'm very excited about what the Lord put on my heart starting next week, but I'm really excited about what he has today. So God's priorities now, because we're in relationship with him, we're talking about prosperity. We know that he wants to prosper us. We've seen that in the word. He wants to transfer the wealth of the nations to his people. And he has ways of doing that that you haven't figured out yet. Isn't that great? That's where he wants to transfer the wealth of the wicked to the just, right? The wealth of the nations that, to, unto his people that he would be glorified, right? All right, so God's priorities. We treasure this maker of heaven and earth. We treasure Jesus Christ. We treasure the Holy Spirit. And because we treasure him, his priorities have now become our priorities. So what's important to God is now what's important to us. What he values, that's what we value. So let's look at the priorities of God. What's important to him? Let's go to John chapter 3. John chapter 3. Because what's important to God, we want to invest in that. Okay? If something's important to someone in my family, I want to do whatever I can to put money towards that so that their heart desire can be fulfilled. We realized as uh, spring was coming around that we needed some new bikes for the kids. They went out to get the bikes, and, and they couldn't fit on them anymore. So, we, so it was in my heart right away to go to the store. Let's get some bikes so the kids can ride their bikes. Why was that in my heart? Because I love them, right? So when something, And it was something they wanted to do. They wanted to ride their bikes. So in my heart, I want to get them a bike. Well, God is like that with us. with us. He knows that we have desires, and he wants to meet those desires. And we're like that with him. We know he has desires, and we want to do whatever we can to fulfill his desires in the earth. So here's a desire of God, a priority of God. I'd say this is probably his top priority. John chapter 3, verse 16. For God so loved the world. Boy, that's so good to know that. Not mad at the world. He loves the world. People, right? That he did what? He gave. See how loving and giving go together. Giving is a response to love. That he gave his only begotten son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. So here's God's top priority. God loves people. 
so much that he gave everything he could give and no one asked him to do it. We didn't have enough sense to know what we needed from God, right? He did it anyway. That whoever believes in him will not perish, but have eternal life. Now, Eden, let's look at the definition of eternal life as defined by Jesus. John 17, 3. This is eternal life. So this was God's priority. This is why he gave his son. This is eternal life that they may know you, the only true God. So let's put the definition, Jesus' definition of eternal life now, back into John 3.16. Go back there. All right, you got it? So we, want, we need to know what eternal life is. It's an intimate relationship with God where you and God are walking through each day together. His strength becomes your strength. His provision becomes your provision. That's what Jesus says, to know you. It's an intimate word as a husband knows his wife. So let's read that knowing what eternal life is. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have an intimate relationship with with him. Right? Do you see that? Have an intimate relationship with the only true God. This is God's priority. And now it's our priority. It's important to us. Let's look how Jesus said it in Matthew chapter 28. Now he's already ascended, he's already, excuse me, resurrected from the dead. He's about to ascend unto his father and he speaks to his disciples the same heart in John chapter 3, and look what he says. Go ye therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Ghost. Now, you've got to take your religious glasses off when you read the Bible. He, he, you know, dunking someone in water does no good for them unless they have a relationship with Christ. All right, he's talking about teaching people to immerse themselves in who God is, to have a living relationship. Because man has taken that and they've gone around dunking people in water, but they haven't taught them to know God, to have a relationship with God. We don't get any stars for dunking people in water. He wants them to know him. Okay, baptism is an important part of our relationship with him, but it's much more than water. It's immersing our lives in him. It's knowing him in every area of our lives, being saturated, steeped in, immersed in who he is. That's what he wants us to do. And teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I've commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the world. So God's priority is what? He wants a big family. <laughs> God wants a family that consists of every nation. Every tribe, every tongue, relationship is his priority. So how, how is God's family going to grow? How is this priority going to be fulfilled? We want to know because we want to get involved in that because we love him more than anyone or anything, and this is his heart. This is his desire, and we want to please the one that we love. So how is this, how is this desire to reach the world going to be fulfilled? Well, how does a relationship grow? How does a relationship, let me ask you this, how does relationship with God begin? How does it begin? What's the Bible say? The righteous shall live by 
faith, right? We know that it's by faith, but how does faith come? Yeah, pull up Romans 10, 17. It says, uh, consequently, excuse me, different translation, King James Version. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So we recognize that people come into relationship with God, that God's priority for relationship is fulfilled by people hearing about him, hearing the word of God. Now, what specifically do they need to hear about him? I mean, do they need to hear that he exists? No. That's blatantly obvious. And whether people admit it or not, they know that. All of creation declares that. What do they need to hear about him? Check out Romans chapter 2. Romans chapter 2. There's something they need to hear about God that hasn't been proclaimed enough. Romans chapter 2. We're talking about our finances now, right? Prosperity, investing in what's important to God. Romans chapter 2, verse 4. Look at this. This is the Apostle Paul writing. Or do you despise the riches of his goodness, forbearance and long suffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leads you to repentance? They need to hear about the goodness of God. It's obvious that there is a supreme being that made the universe. Its design proclaims a creator. But we need to know and people need to know that he is good. It's the goodness of God that leads to repentance. What does repentance mean? Take your religious glasses off and all. It just simply means thinking differently. Okay, so every time you read that in the Bible, know that's what it means. So it's the goodness of God that enables us to think differently. It's the goodness of God that changes the way we think, all right, that leads us into this new kind of life. Now, just stay in Romans, but just go back to chapter 1 to verse 16. Paul says, for I'm not ashamed of the gospel. What does gospel mean? Good news. There it is again. I'm not ashamed of the good news of Christ. Wow. For it is the power of God. Huh? <laughs> the good news of Christ is the power of God, which leads unto what? To who? Everyone that believes. Wow. Now, why would anyone oppose good news? Does that make any sense? Well, there is a reason for it, though. When man fell, when man separated himself from God, the nature of man changed. And he began living life backwards. And fallen man, men who are not, men and women who haven't been born again through faith in Christ, they gravitate towards the negative. They gravitate towards bad news. That's why it's all, uh, you know, the airwaves have a, a good bit of it. I won't say it's all over, but there's a lot of it, right? Because natural man, fallen man, gravitates toward bad news. 
and religious people whose thinking hasn't changed, who haven't renewed their thinking, gravitate towards bad news and begin to preach bad news without realizing it. But it's the good news that changes our lives. It's the good news about God that changes the way we think, that changes the way we look at ourselves and look at other people and look at God, that produces faith in us to receive his healing and salvation in our lives. It's the good news. So if good news is the power of God, what do you think bad news is? Whose power is that? You got it when it goes in there. Yeah, if good news is the power of God, bad news is what the enemy uses, right? He wants to fill your life with it. He wants you to take, to, to take it and receive it. So if good news leads unto salvation, where does bad news lead you? Condemnation. Yeah. Confusion. Fear. Worry. Anxiety. This is very simple, but it's very powerful and extremely important. Mark chapter 1, verse 14. You can turn there if you like. Mark chapter 1. So we know Jesus had the heart of God. He is God, right? He had his Father's priorities. And look what he said in Mark chapter 1, in verse 14. He just spent almost six weeks in the wilderness being tempted by the enemy. And he comes out victorious, ready to begin his ministry. And this is what he says. Jesus went into Galilee now, proclaiming the good news of God. Why? Because it's the power of God unto salvation. Verse 15, the time has come. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is near. Look at this. Repent, think differently, and believe the good news. So Jesus was coming with something new. He was telling, change the way you think and believe the good news about God. Why did he have to say that? Because what they were believing about God wasn't good. He had to change the way that we think about God. Man began to know God through a relationship of the law that was based on how well they kept it. And it was not an intimacy. It could never bring about the intimacy that God desires. But Jesus came and said, think differently now. I'm here. The time has come. Believe the good news. Receive the power of God into your life. So, this good news is important to us, and we invest in it financially. In fact, Jesus said in John chapter 10, the whole reason I came is that you might have life and might have it abundantly. Understand, he was presenting something new to them, and they had to repent to receive it. They had to change the way they thought to receive it. So how are people going to hear this good news? How are they going to hear the good news of God instead of the bad news or instead of the news of law or condemnation? Well, they're going to hear it through the church, right? Romans chapter 10. Let's go to there. Romans chapter 10. 
We're talking about the priority of God. He wants every nation and every tribe to enter into relationship with him. But that can't happen until they hear the good news about him. When you hear the good news about God, you want to know him. You want to grow closer to him. Romans chapter 10, verse 13. It says, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Isn't that good news? All I've got to do is call upon him. Wow. All I've got to do is put my faith in him. Verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom in, in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel. What is the gospel? The good news, right? The good news of peace. That's Irene in the Greek. It's the equivalent of shalom in the, in the Hebrew. The, whole, the good news of wholeness. The good news of well-being. That faith in Christ makes you whole. How are they going to hear this good news and bring glad tidings of good things? Look how many goods are in there. Look at that. Right? Preach the good news of glad tidings of good things. Right? It's the good news of God. Wow. Now let's look at one scripture that goes with that. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. So it's right after Romans. Go to 1 Corinthians. Verse 21. Chapter 1, verse 21. For after that in the wisdom of God. Whose wisdom was this now? God's wisdom. The world by wisdom knew not God. You can't get to God through man's wisdom. You can't get there. You got to get there through his word, through faith in his word. So man through his wisdom knew not God. It pleased God by the foolishness of preaching to save them that believe. So how are people going to hear the good news of God? Well, God in his wisdom, not ours, he set up something called the church, the body of Christ, and he set up preachers. He called men and women to preach and for us to gather publicly so that people can hear the good news about him. All right, one, a couple more scriptures here. I want to get into something. Mark chapter 4, excuse me, Matthew chapter 4. So preaching is something that God set up. It's not something we came up with to build some kind of organization for our own benefit. It's something, it's a system that God set up for salvation. Mark, Matthew, excuse me, Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. Now here's Jesus, the, the, the first new covenant preacher, all right? And he went about all Galilee in verse 23, Matthew chapter 4, verse 23. Jesus went about all Galilee doing three things, teaching, in their synagogues. That's where they had their public worship, right? Preaching, there's that word again, the good news of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. Those three things sum up the ministry of Christ. Teaching, 
preaching, and healing. Notice that teaching and preaching, he did two-thirds of the time, right? That was two-thirds of his ministry. Why? Because faith comes by hearing. Now, there's a great example of this in Mark chapter 6. Go ahead there. It's a good way to learn your Bible. Just come to church. We'll have you turning all over the place. So you'll learn where, you're, where the books are. It's good to know where, where the Scriptures are so you can find them and meditate on them and get them in your heart. Mark chapter 6, verse 5. Now this is talking about Jesus. Look what this says. It's so important. He could do there. He's in his homeland, his home country. He could do there no mighty work, save that he laid his hands upon a few sick folk and healed them. Now look at verse 6. And Jesus marveled because of their unbelief. So here's the Son of God, the one who is perfect in power, right, flowing in the Holy Spirit. And he was limited in what he could do because of their unbelief. So what does he do to fix that? It's in verse 6. And he went round about the villages teaching. He didn't quit. He didn't say, man, they don't get it. I'm out of here. No, he saw that unbelief was rampant and limiting what he could do in their lives. So he went around to the villages teaching. What do you think he was teaching? The goodness of God, the good news about God, that if you call on him, you will be saved. Do you see that? Do you see his response to that? So God has chosen preaching to broadcast the good news of who he is in the earth. Now, I understand that what many churches have preached is not good news. I understand there's been a a, a deviation from that. And what many have heard by coming to church is is they've heard, um, they become very conscious of their shortcomings. And what end up what, it, what end up, ends up coming from the pulpit causes people to focus on themselves instead of on Christ. And people end up becoming very self-conscious instead of Christ-conscious. Okay? When you hear the good news about God, you end up becoming very conscious of God. When you hear the wisdom of man, you end up becoming very self-conscious. Self-consciousness will not help you. It will keep you going in circles and gradually spiraling downward. It's consciousness of God, of who He is, what He's done for you, and who you become through faith in Christ. That's the good news. And that's why we're here at Highway Church. So the church is God's Wi-Fi network in the earth to broadcast who He is. See, every church was meant to be a wireless router in the earth. Now, in our home last week, we had a problem with our wireless router, right, the last two weeks. And uh, we use Wi-Fi, and we got, you know, we got laptops and desktops desk and mobile devices going on, and we use it for school and work, and it went out. And we, we had, and so I spent probably 15 hours troubleshooting that thing, calling different support, you know, online with three different companies, and they're all troubleshooting, couldn't get it fixed. Finally, I realized we needed a new router. What does the router do? The router receives a signal and broadcasts it. But this router was broadcasting more than one signal, more than one message. 
and it was confusing all of the, all of the, the receivers of that signal. And unfortunately, the church has broadcast more than one message. And it's confused people. So we had all these devices in our home that didn't know what signal to listen to. But I went and I got a high-quality router. And I plugged that thing in. And it was amazing how every device began to work. I mean, things that just you would think were not connected. Like one, one, one device was pulling up a driver, and there were features on that driver that were not available. And all these different things looked like they could be something deeper, but the problem was they weren't receiving the message. They weren't receiving the signal. And that's been a problem in the earth for some time. That the church, rather than broadcasting the good news of God, has begun to broadcast religious theology and self-consciousness and works. And as a result, people are going to church, but they're not being set free. They're becoming more self-conscious. And they walk through their week wondering if they're doing everything right and if God approves of them. And, and, and they're not sure of his love. They don't know his promises. But Highway Church was established to help change that. We want to be a wireless router that's broadcasting one message. That every mobile device that comes into Highway Church and comes into contact with Highway Church wouldn't have to pick and choose as to what message is being broadcast. We're broadcasting the goodness of God. That Jesus came that you might have wholeness, peace, well-being, and life abundantly. Wow. Isn't that how the New Testament church began? Let's take a look at this in Acts chapter 2. So, sometimes you really have to go back to the beginning to recalibrate what's going on, right. to, to, to just straighten things out inside. Because over time, we can deviate from the foundation. And we've seen that happen in the church at large. I've seen that happen in churches that we've attended, where they started with a great foundation. And you would go in there uh, years ago, and it was full of faith and joy. And they were hearing the good news. And over time, it, it, it began to change. They began to shift from the message, and it became confusing, and the atmosphere changed. Well, in Acts chapter 2, let me do this. Let me over here. Acts chapter 2, we've got the, the, now the first. Now, Jesus was the first New Covenant preacher. But now he's gone back to the Father. He's seated at the right hand in Acts chapter 2. Now we've got the birth of the New Testament church, okay? And we've got the first preacher, the first sermon goes forward in Acts chapter 2. So the 120 people were, were obeying God's instructions. Jesus said, wait until you get the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit has come, descended upon them. They're full of the Holy Spirit. They're celebrating. They're singing. They're speaking in tongues. And they're in the middle of Jerusalem. And now there are thousands of people hearing what they're doing and seeing them. And they're the what is going on? What is the reason for this peculiar behavior? And they come to the conclusion, someone said, they must be drunk. They must be laughing and singing and doing those things because they're drunk. But Peter stands up, full of the Holy Spirit, and he lets them know that the reason for their celebration is not alcohol. He, lets, he begins to preach them good news. What does he tell them? He says, you're seeing the fulfillment of prophecy before your eyes. You're seeing what Joel prophesied of years and years ago, that the Spirit, the promise of the Spirit has come, and it's in us now, and that anyone who calls on the name of Jesus will be saved, and that this promise of being full of the Holy Spirit is for you. Mm -hmm. 
and for your children and for all who are far off. And what happens? The people there begin to hear the good news that there is salvation available to them through faith in Christ. And in verse, uh, where are chapter 41? It says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized, immersed in God. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. Amen. Highway Church. Verse 42. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine. What was the apostles' doctrine? Good news. Okay? The goodness of God. That was the apostles' doctrine. And fellowship, breaking of bread and prayers. That's what we do at get-togethers. We've got the word. We've got fellowship. We enjoy meal, uh, food together, and we pray for another, one another. Verse 43, and fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. When the good news is preached, when it's gladly received, signs and wonders follow. And all they that believed were together and had all things in common. They sold their possessions, their goods. They parted them to all men and every, as every man had need. And they continuing daily with one accord in the temple and breaking bread from house to house did eat meat with gladness and singleness of heart. Now look at verse 7, 47, excuse me. Praising God and having favor with all the people and the Lord added to the what? The church daily such as should be saved. Now, what is this word church? Well, in the Greek, it's ecclesia. I don't know if I'm saying it right. But it's from two Greek words. That means called out of or a calling out of. So it says the Lord added to those who were called out of daily such as should be saved. What have we been called out of? darkness. We've been called out of darkness into the marvelous light of Christ. We've been called out of confusion into wisdom. We've been called out of lack into abundance. We've been called out of sickness into health. We've been called out of condemnation into justification. We've been called out of, uh, of sin into righteousness. So we're the called out of, out of ones. Now, this word in the Greek, I like this, this ecclesia. It was used by the Greeks to speak about a body of citizens that were gathered together to discuss the affairs of state. It was used also to mean a body of people that were summoned and gathered together for a definite purpose, ecclesia. And in the New Testament, we see now that word used for us. A group of people who were summoned for a definite purpose. What is our definite purpose? Why do we come to the mall on a Sunday morning? Why do we go to get-togethers? To broadcast the good news of Jesus Christ. To let people know that God is good. In fact, there's not anything bad about him. See? We've been summoned for that purpose. And things get confusing when you forget your purpose. And you complicate your purpose. But our purpose is that simple. To let people know how good God is. And what happens? This leads people into relationship with him. The purpose of Highway Church is just that. To lead people into 
relationship with him. That's not only an introduction to him, that's a growing in him. Okay? So God is in business. God has a business. Did you know that? What's his product? Eternal life. Relationship, right? This is eternal life. They might know you. So God has a product, and it's eternal life. And he's in business, and he set up store managers around the world. And you see that in Ephesians chapter 4. I don't think we have time to read it. But in Ephesians chapter 4, it says that God has called some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers for the purpose of the edifying of the body of Christ, that we would grow mature and reflect who he is to the world around us. So God has set up this business, and just like a businessman, you know, before a business was ever started, someone had a dream. Someone had a dream of doing something better than it had ever been done before. Do you know God has a dream? He has a dream that man would no longer be confused, that man would no longer wonder about his love for him. He has a dream of every tribe, every tongue, every nation coming into an intimate relationship with him. He has a dream of his goodness flooding the earth through his people. And when a businessman has a dream, he begins to think, how can I get that done? How can I get, get this idea inside into the earth? And one of the things he'll begin to do is to manufacture his product. And then he'll set up locations where that product can be distributed. And that's what God has done. His product is eternal life. And he set up locations in the earth where we are the manuf it's manufactured inside of us. And he's manufactured his life inside of us. And he set up churches in the earth where we come to get the product out. Are you following me? So we're part of this business. We're investors in this business. We're shareholders in God's company. We've partnered with him to get the good news out. So I want you to know that you're a business partner with God. So we're, we're having a business meeting right now. And when you come, bring your briefcase, right? <laughs> we're talking about God's business. So we're business people. We come to a board meetings on Sundays and, and get-togethers, and we talk about the business of God. What is it? The goodness of him being broadcast in the earth. Eternal life, that whoever you are, where you're from, you can know him through simple faith in Jesus Christ, that he loves you and he gave his son for you so that you can enter into a nonstop, eternal relationship with him. So that's what we're all about. What does that have to do with our finances? Everything. So my wife and I, now we've had all kinds of different churches, church experiences. I came to know the Lord uh, back in Northwest Ohio. And I came to know the Lord in a church where I did learn faith and I, learned, I heard the good news. I was in college at the time and I, came, I went away for the summer. I came back. The church that I was in had split. I didn't know anything about churches. I was brand new in the Lord. I was like, oh, so I went with a pastor that, that had left and, and stayed with him. And then we, I went into the military, and we, I moved to southern Virginia and then over to the Europe and then uh, to back to the States and traveled around, been to a lot of different types of churches. But one of the things that, that I always look for, in my, and when we got married, we always looked for together, was a church where the good news, where the word of God was proclaimed, not man's religious theology. Okay, And when we find a ministry like that, and I'm going to tell you, it's not as common as it should be. I'm being kind. It's very hard to find, as a matter of fact. But we will look for them, and we find a ministry or a church that's proclaiming the good news of God, not man's theology, that tells people that Jesus took 
their sicknesses, who took their sins, that God came to them and have life and life abundantly, that God wants to prosper them in life. That's the good news. When we find that, we like to invest in it. We take the money that we have in our bank account and we send it to them. Not all of it, but we take a portion of it. We like to invest in it because we're business partners with God. And we recognize that's a location where people can come and hear the good news. And we want that location to thrive. Okay? So uh, we invest in a number of different ministries. You know, um, well, I won't list them. Uh, but, uh, for example, Keith Moore is one of them. He's in Branson, Missouri. Um, good ministry to invest in. Uh, Joel Osteen, another one. Good ministry to invest in. Uh, Kenneth Copeland, Gloria Copeland, good ministry. Bill Winston, good ministry to invest in. Uh, Andrew Womack, good ministry to invest in. Joseph Prince. I'm naming names, and I know that there's a lot of controversy around some of these names. That's because people don't understand the good news of God. And we're not ashamed to be associated with those names. Because we're, we're, we're about the good news of God. And it shouldn't be foreign to us. So we encourage you to adopt this business mentality that we're shareholders in God's kingdom. And to be faithful in your tithes and your giving at Highway Church. Because God wants to do it right here. He's setting up a location and a wireless router right here to broadcast all throughout Massachusetts and Rhode Island and Connecticut, New Hampshire, Vermont, and Maine. Rags to riches. Amen. Father, we thank you for who you are in our lives. We thank you for setting up this business in the earth. Lord, we are all about your business. And we thank you for choosing us to start this new location in your corporation, to broadcast your good news in this area and through the Internet and the world and beyond. And we ask you, Father, to help us uh, to, to hear you, to walk with you, to broadcast you, to do the things that are pleasing to you, that who you are would radiate from everything we do at Highway Church. In Jesus' name, amen. It's the goodness of God that changes lives. As his business partners, we faithfully sow our finances into ministries that consistently proclaim it. And we encourage you to become investors in the goodness of God that his goodness will be proclaimed and known throughout the earth. Amen.